listening to the local bar podcast with your host chad alexander come on in we have a lot of friends we want you to meet well hello there From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you have decided to spend a few moments with us today. For that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, iHeartMedia, and Spotify. As a matter of fact, if you listen to us on Spotify or, I, or any of iHeartMedia, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. If you'd go up to that little section that says follow, uh, that helps us out a lot. Subscribe on iTunes, uh, anywhere where you use a certain platform. But those really help us out a lot uh, in in uh, a lot of the uh, the search charts and stuff like that. So if you do follow us, I would greatly appreciate if you would uh, hit that follow button. Smash that subscribe button. Uh, and... Um, would love, uh, would love for you to do that. Thank you so much for those of you that do. Local Bar can be found also on Facebook at Local Bar Media. Same thing on Twitter. And uh, if you want to be a part of the show, chad at localbarmedia.com is where you throw your emails. Got a bunch of them over the past week. Thank you uh, for those of you that have reached out. Some good questions. Nice always to interact with folks. Uh, I do appreciate that. And if I haven't, I have, I mean, I've said this for a while. I do try to answer uh, every email that I get. So um, uh, a little bit slow this week. I've been, been kind of busy. So uh, if you haven't heard from me, uh, I'll, I'll be getting to you soon. If you'd like to support the show, Chad, oh, <laughs> no, uh, patreon.com slash local bar is where you go to do that. Thank you to all of our patrons, people who go and donate a little bit of money. Each month to keep us loud, live, and independent, we appreciate it. Um, I have a uh, I have a great show today. We're going to jump right into it. I had a chance to sit and chat with a friend of mine who had a lot to say uh, about a certain subject, and um, and a really cool announcement for something that's coming up. So uh, my interview with Shelly McGee here in just a second. Um, I uh man, I've gotten I got a ton of emails about this show I did last week. Uh, yes, that was Bryn singing at the end of it. Uh, thank you for those of you who listened in on that. That was kind of fun. Something she and I did real quick. Uh, it was a blast. Um, I uh, I can't get over this conversation I have with my friend Shelly today. There, there's there's so much to it, and um, it's really something. Uh, for you to to jump in into and listen the 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 perspective that she gives on uh, music and what it can do for folks is kind of something that I was just kind of needing to hear today, and it was awesome being able to sit down with her at her kitchen and, and chat uh, chat with her about this. So I, I want to let you know there's a for those of you that are listening anywhere else in the world besides South Carolina. Shelly has played uh, and been a part of bands for forever, and she'll talk about that here in a little bit. She has a brand new band that's up and running, the Cottontown Soul Society, and uh, it is fantastic. They had their first kind of uh, uh, they had their first gig at a uh, at a um, at a cool place here in town, kind of an underground place here in town, 
and uh, all I just heard rave reviews over the way that they sounded. Uh, there's a benefit that's coming up, and we'll talk about here in just a little bit this weekend. I want to make mention of it now. I'm going to make mention of it after the interview. We'll talk about it in the interview. But if for some reason you are listening to this podcast in pieces, the hangar, the hunter-gatherer hangar, we, everybody knows it as the hangar here in town, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, and that would uh, that would be February the 10th, right? Yes, February the 10th, they are doing a benefit for a gentleman, and I don't, I don't want to ruin any of it. We'll talk about it here in just a second. But it starts at 3, goes to 10 o'clock at the hangar, Curtis Wright hangar, the hunter-gatherer, down there by the Owensfield Airport. bunch of bands that are going to be playing. The proceeds go to helping out um, a wonderful musician that's from around town. If you are in the Columbia area, or have been waiting for a excuse, an excuse to come back to the Columbia area. This is your weekend because you're gonna, you're going to want to see these bands and you're going to want to check this out. Um, I don't want to I don't want to waste any more time. I want to jump right into this interview. Uh, Shelly and I talked a long time and I loved it. And uh, I, um, I I want to let you know that yes, we will talk about the Cotton Town Soul Society. Yes. We will talk about the um, the event coming up this Sunday. But most important, we will be making fun of Don Merkel throughout this. So sit back, relax, and I will see you on the other side of this break. I totally wanted to use the Raspberry Beret joke, but I, I ruined that on our phone conversation yesterday. With me this week is a, is a friend of mine that I've met uh, over the past couple of years, has been um, instrumental in uh, a lot of my own personal music journey, but especially with the, the other guys that I, I, I do anything with, she's been a, a big part of in so many different ways. She has got a new band project out and, and rolling right now with a big benefit coming up this weekend. Uh, the boss from where I worked at a five and dime, Mrs. Shelly McGee. I had to slip something in there. Shelly, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Chad. How are you doing? Bud? I'm doing good. So, so you and I met, what, has it been two years? Oh, it's gotta be more than that now, it, I it, think. It was your birthday party yeah. here at yeah. your house. So it's a little more than two years ago. Yeah. 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 And you, we had, uh, like, I think three bands yeah. that night. Yeah. Um, and that was where Don and I actually met. Yes. It's where I met Ace, I think, as well. A lot of those Probably, guys. It's the yeah. first time I ever met Probably. any of them. Yeah. Um, so you, you've you've been a, a big part of, of music, though, not just here in the, in the city, but in the state and in this region for a, a, a very long time. What was the first band you were ever in? Oh, God. Um, so uh, the first band that I was ever in... Good Lord, we're talking Stone Age now. Oh yeah, I mean, I want to go all the way back to Paleozoic era. Total Stone. Well, first off, I was four. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So the first band I was ever in uh, was this uh, this blues band. It was a band called the Fatback Groove Band, and it was completely accidental. I did not the Fatback Groove Band. I absolutely love it. It was not. I was never intended to be in that band. I I literally accidentally ended up in a band. If you can believe that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was purely accidental. (laughs) It it was kind of crazy, actually. 
So, um, yeah, I was, uh, had always been involved in like musical theater, choir, various aspects of the performing arts, Mm -hmm. and just kind of had carried that love with me from really childhood. And I was dating a guy who was in a band who knew some folks in that band, and I had you know, been doing some backup vocals on like recordings and, and live on stage with him. And, uh, the, the, the guy who ran this band, you know, the, that band, the Fat Becker band just kind of approached me one day and said, Hey, you know, you sing pretty okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it, he was right. It was pretty okay. Right. It wasn't that great. Let me tell you. Right. Um, I was real young. I was in my early twenties and, um, really had just kind of gotten out of college. And, uh, yeah, he said, uh, I just lost my singer and I have a blues band and what I knew about blues, you could fit on the head of a pin. Right. Like I knew nothing (laughs) about blues. I knew the name Muddy Waters and BB King and and that, and Robert Johnson and Eric Clapton. And that was kind of my entire, and maybe Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, that was like my, anyway. Um, but I was a huge music fan. So he said, we just lost our singer. She got hired to go over and and make American blues music in Japan. Holy crap. Yeah, she was real good. She was real good. Yeah. Um, And uh, the band, but she was real good. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so uh, he said, uh, listen, I just, I got, I've got all these gigs booked and I don't have a singer and you and I know each other and I know you're available because you don't have another gig. (laughs) And you know, you have kind of a big, deep voice. I feel like you could do this kind of thing. What do you say? Would you like to do some gigs until I can find a replacement singer just to get me through this? Because like he didn't really sing and he was like, I just need to get through, you know, can you, can you learn 10 songs? If you can learn 10 songs, I can get through a night kind of thing. And literally, like, gave me, you know, here are all the songs I want you to learn. And and that was how I started in a band. Wow. And, pretty... yeah, it was crazy. And then, like, a year and a half later, I ended up quitting that band under some real interesting circumstances I'm not going into in this right. podcast. But let's say there was a revolt. There was a mutiny. And <laughs> uh, a number of the members of that band and I, uh, after a particularly uh, uh, miserable New Year's Eve gig, all decided to, uh, to just say, forget this, we're done. And we kind of ended up teaming back up a while later and and finding another kind of guitar player vocalist and starting another band from that. And that was, I found myself suddenly after only a year and a half of ever being in a band as a band leader. Oh, wow. Who didn't read music and didn't play an instrument. Um, (laughs) Fortunately, it was blues. So, you know, it's not that hard. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was, so that was how I ended up in, like, the first band I ever led. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, next thing I knew, I was making records. It was kind of crazy. It's so funny. My, my, my friends, my wife is a very analytical person. She works for an investment company. It drives her crazy because she... She she has plans and she 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 tries she uses formulas tries to figure everything out. When you're dealing with artists, there's nobody that started a band by saying, you know, we should plan for this, and it worked exactly like yeah. that. Just, everything seems to be some mistake. Somebody's yeah. tied from one to the yeah. next. It's funny you you've been in a, a bunch of different bands. I want to get into a couple more of them, but I, I do want to go ahead and, and, and approach the Cotton Town Soul Society. Yeah, from the respect that you've. With all of your interweaving amongst artists, not just musical artists, but just artists in the community, you you have pulled together a band that I remember you talking about this a year ago. And then you had like, it was a 
I don't want to say a comedy of errors, but just there was something happened to you every month, and this got pushed back. It seemed like a year, about a year, probably about a year. Yeah, close to it anyway. But the names you have in this band are people that are very large, not only here in town, but but through. I mean, Mark Rapp, who's been on the show, um, is the is the ambassador for jazz for South Carolina. Yeah. This is not; these aren't just little people. It, it was um, the the folks that saw the show um, that I talked to all raved about how you could tell these were people that were not only professionals, but were professionals that were really enjoying what they were doing on stage. Do you do you feel good about it so far? I know you've Man. been nervous as as anything about it, but now that you've actually had the product on stage, yeah. and you've gotten like the realistic feedback, and you saw the faces from the stage, how, how do you feel about Cotton's whole? Uh, Cotton Town Soul Society right now. I I feel like I feel like I hit the band lottery is what I feel like. I feel like you know I pulled the lever and it was like all literally these pieces fell out. Cherries, 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 <laughs> cherries. Right? Like right. I mean, you just can't get any luckier than this, man. I mean, you really can't. Um, on so many levels. I mean, the level of musicianship. Uh, in this band is easily far and away the highest level of musicianship that I've ever been lucky enough to be in a band with. Sure. You know, um, and I've, I've been very lucky to share stages over the years because I was kind of in the right place in the right time in the right scene with people that are mind blowing. But like to actually be in a band with people that are this talented, honestly, it is really intimidating. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It is intimidating. And I think most people would think that I've never been intimidated by anything except a spider. Right. But I'm very intimidated by spiders. Um, that's another story entirely. But I already know what I'm doing for Halloween this year. Go ahead, go ahead, absolutely <laughs> blood cold, terrified of, right. of those things. But um, no, but I, and you know, I really don't, uh, at this point, after after all these years, I usually do not find myself like rattled. I usually don't. I mean, I get nervous in an appropriate way because I want to put on a good show. I want the audience to have a great experience. You know, I, 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 I worry about all of those things. But, but somewhere down inside, I usually feel, you know, a certain amount of confidence that I'm not, you know, going to just totally screw it up. Right? Sure. And um, this, I've never been this nervous before a gig since like the first like six months or year that I was, that I was playing out. I mean, it really? was like going back to school, like going back to kindergarten for a whole variety of reasons. One, because, you know, all the things I just said, right? Like you don't want to let the audience down. You want to put on an amazing show. Two, when you are in a band with this many musicians who are just stellar, you really don't want to be the obvious weak link in the chain, right? right. Like, you're just right. like, you know, did you guys bring me here to park the cars, right? right? Like, it's just like, what right. the hell? Yeah. And I, I, you know, I said to, to A7s, I was like, I don't understand how these people said yes to me. Like, I asked people well above my station if they would please play in a band with me, and mm. they said yes. So that is, is stunning and amazing and, and really incredible, but... Beyond that, the second part of the lottery is that seven people is a lot of people yeah. in a band. Yeah. It is like herding cats. The hardest thing that we face as a band is everybody being available to like actually rehearse together and stuff. Because most of these people are like working musicians who work you know, all the time, and I don't want them to turn down money so that they can come rehearse for free. You right. know, so it's it's really it's a lot of moving parts, but there is not 
one overinflated ego, one diva, one difficult personality, one person who is not just as nice a human being as you could ever hope to work in a band with. Really? And somehow it's like jackpot on six people right. that are that way. Well, and I just, that has never happened to me before. It may never have happened to anybody before. Sure. Like, so it's, it's stunning to me that when you have this much talent in one tiny little postage stamp size stage, that you can have such a generosity of spirit yeah. And just such a generosity of musicianship. Everybody in that band is there to serve the song. They're there to serve the material. They're there to serve the audience and to truly perform. And they just check their egos at the door. And it is the it's it's simultaneously the hardest gig I've ever had because the material yeah. is really challenging and there's a lot more complicated elements to it than what I'm certainly used to in blues. Um, but it's not just that the material is amazing. It's that the people are freaking amazing. I mean, it's just like the material is hard, but everything else about it could not be easier. Yeah. You know, it's just like, and I mean, honestly, like I think we were really pleasant. We were maybe all, but certainly Ace and I were really pleasantly surprised <laughs> at how easy it felt on that first gig and how, uh, considering we had not rehearsed as much as we had wanted to, et cetera, et cetera. Or as much as I'm used to, yeah. um, but it really, I mean, overall, it really came together well. I mean, it had its mistakes. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. Um, but uh, but the majority of people that were out there weren't aware of those. It was, you know, me, the people on stage, and our friends in the audience who were also musicians right. who were able right. to kind of tell when we zigged, when we should have zagged, or, well, it's, or whatever. It's, you know? it's funny. It, it's hard for me to believe that there's not a diva in the group when you say that someone like Ace is in there. But that's, that's <laughs> our friend Ace is just whatever. You know, the other thing about musicians that a lot of people Well, it's not like know. Donald Merkel's in this Right, band. I was going to so say, I mean, please. There is no diva. Nobody walks in and says, we need to name the band after me. Right. It's, right, yeah. right. You notice my name is not that's right. in the title of the band. Yeah, that's I mean, because that's because you're a humble person. You're not a Don Merkel person. And no. I, that's what I, I appreciate about you. What are you going to do? The, um, the other thing that people don't, I, I think, probably don't understand about musicians is is how hard what you just said is. I mean, not only, not only having them show up, but show up for... Uh, rehearsal because yeah part of that and I agree with you that they are paid and they're professional and, and I think that's a, it's a it's a very important outlook for you to have when you're dealing with this many people but musicians as a whole anyway like if we say we're coming over you know we're gonna be 30 minutes late oh. and only half of us are showing easy and that's just the and way and then somebody is. has a hard out in 90 minutes right. And that's right that they never mentioned before and right. you that find just out about happened you're to... like crap we have one hour to pull this together right yeah. it's like, it was amazing I, one day I was, we'll sit around and talk about what it's like being in a band with Sidney Mitchell like that's, that's oh what's honey just, oh, oh you honey. know I can't but um I'm amazed at... He was almost in this band, too. I mean, yeah, probably because he didn't show up. That's no, he, he moved to Charleston, yeah. actually. But, you know, when I started when I started brainstorming the idea for this band, mm -hmm. he was the first person uh, outside of Pops who I ever truly talked to about it in reality terms. Like, and started talking about... Well, no, and even started talking about, like, personnel. And, and actually, I really wanted to do this project with him. Um, yeah. because this has been a, um, it's not just any band. Like for me, this band was about something larger. It was the fulfillment of a promise to the greatest mentor and one of the great loves of my life. Yeah. Um, and so 
you know, Sydney was very close to him as well. And we shared that and we spent a lot of time with him together. And so there was a symmetry, you know, an artistic and a, and a personal symmetry about that that was really meaningful to me. Not to mention, he's just a killer yeah. sax player and anybody's lucky to have that guy in their band, right? It's, I mean... I think that's one of the things that mm-hmm. the point I was going to get to is that it's the, the musicians you have, while there are no, no, no egos, for the ones that I know, and even with Sydney, who... Sydney had a part in this band, obviously. He, I mean, and he is... Still, in my mind, he'll always be a part of this right. band, even though technically he lives somewhere else right now. Sure. You know? and that's what's amazing about the band is I think that there, there is a life to it already, even in its infancy, because the people like each other like yeah. everybody likes yeah. each other and they and they really want to want to get together so it's great to see not only them want to play for the music which is phenomenal but you can already tell that they want to do it for each other which i think yeah. is, is a really special thing to have talk a little bit you say it's blues but talk a little bit about the band about the songs about the makeup of the band. So, band yeah so people understand it so this band is actually not blues and it's one of the first times in my life that i've been in a band that was not either a straight up blues band or a band that was really coming out very much blues. directly from blues and was some flavor of that yeah. mostly, um, you know, which is really convenient as a singer because it, it's just not, it's very, it's a real familiar structure. It's a real familiar framework. And, you know, one of the great things about being in a blues band as any kind of a soloist or a singer um, is that you always know exactly where the net is. So okay. you can kind of walk the tightrope to great extremes when you solo, when you kind of, you know, choose that vocal run that you want to do, when you do that kind of stuff, you can kind of feel your way through the material because the form is so like foundational. It's almost like feeling your own pulse. So you don't really have to think almost at all, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a freedom in that, you know? And I think that's one of the beautiful things that you see, you know, that allows you to be very improvisational, right? And so that's the thing that I love the most about blues is when I would sing it, it was the first time in my life, and I'd done all kinds of like choir stuff and you know, rock pop material and show tunes and all kinds of stuff, Broadway stuff and all that kind of stuff. But I never had anything that felt so like primal and so foundational. Hmm. And I and when I realized when I got my arms around it, it was like I felt like, you know, I mean, I'm not a religious person, so it's a weird thing for me to say this, but it was almost like, you know, the Holy Spirit came down through your head, nailed your feet to the floor, and spoke out of you. It was almost like I wasn't almost conscious of my own choices. It was like the sure. choices chose me or something. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's a, that's a, that's an amazing feeling. And it's a really, um, it's a really intense feeling. And that was a really familiar highway for me to drive. And it was very comfortable and it came very naturally once I stopped sucking at it. Um, and people really seemed to like it when I did it. Yeah. And so I stayed in that lane for a really, really long time. Um, in, recent years when I was sort of on, I had the last band I was in was quite some time ago before this. I've kind of gone into retirement. Um, and I was in a band called the Delta Swagger, which was kind of, which was mostly a blues band, but it was, it was a, a broader definition of blues and a lot of blues rock material and, you know, some more interesting stuff with some friends of mine. Um, for, I guess a couple of years, we made a record together. Great time. Great time, um, you know, good tunes. I couldn't have asked to have more fun in a band with a more decent group of human beings. Bass player, currently the bass player you work with now, Kevin Pettit. Yeah, you call him decent? All right, that's um, a step up than when I get yeah, him, but yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, Kevin's a great guy. Um, you know, A7s, uh, Mikey Reef Snyder on drums, uh, you know, a guy named Adam Quay on, on harmonica. Anyway, 
I, I was in that band for a while and, you know, was still kind of focused in that general area. And when that, you know, project ended because we had other things going on in our lives, I really stepped out of it for a while. And in the interim, um, I, I reconnected in a more meaningful way with um, Skip Pearson, who's the former, before Mark Rep, is the former ambassador of jazz uh, for South Carolina, would be still had he not passed from us. Um, amazing man, and he's been gone about a year and a half now, but I spent a ton of time with him um, in, in, that, in that period of time, and I got really tied into the local jazz scene. And uh, there were just, there's a jazz renaissance going on in Columbia oh, yeah. right now, you yeah. know, and has been for, I'd say like going on five years now. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm kind of taking a long route to get to the question that you asked me, That's but it, it's kind of foundational to how this all went right. down, right? Yeah. So, um, and how some of these players ended up in my band. Yeah, right. um, but it, in the meantime, you know, I was spending a lot of time with Pops. I started seeing and getting to know better a lot of these players that I really knew very, very peripherally and kind of casually. I knew who they were. We were on speaking terms. Everybody said hi and smiled to each other. It was very friendly, but I didn't really know them. Know sure. them. And, and I've started to bridge that gap a lot more, and Pops had a lot to do with that, honestly. I mean, I think he just brought me in and treated me as a peer when in fact I was very much a student. Um, but he was just a really amazing human being and one of the greatest jazz, I mean, his tone, his tone on saxophone, there's nothing like it. it there never will be anything like it again. I hear it sometimes, I wake up in the middle of the night hearing him in my dreams sometimes, yeah. that tone. It's a really beautiful tone. Um, and he made me realize, he talked to me a lot about the kind of kissing cousin nature of blues and jazz. Mm -hmm. And about how if I could do one thing, I could do the other thing, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I feel like jazz is a very technical thing yeah. to sing. You know, I mean, Billie Holiday being one of the great exceptions to that. Ironically, my favorite jazz singer of all time, probably because I can relate. Because, you know, she's not technical. She's all about feel. Um, but I started paying a lot more attention. I think my ears got a lot bigger and got opened up by jazz. Mm. And uh, he really challenged me. Um, he would bring me records and, you know, he would sit in my kitchen and eat a meal with me and, you know, play the, we, we had a game. We like, he like, he, I, I learned to call it who dis, who dat, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which was, which is, was my favorite game to play with Pops, which was when Pops would sit at my kitchen table for long stretches of time, uh, you know, eating, drinking, talking, whatever. And I, he loved it when I would put on like like a Pandora channel, like the John Coltrane station on Pandora and just stream it in the background, you know. Mm -hmm. He'd say, always oh, good music in this house, you know, made me laugh. And, um, and, and he, would, he would quiz me on the artists, almost like a can you, you know, can you get this in how many notes kind of game, right? Right. And so I figured out there was a subtle, he would ask me two different questions and I realized they meant two slightly different things. If he would look at me and say, Shelly, who this? That was a quiz for me. That right. meant like, you better know who this is, right. right? Because you should, and I have failed as your jazz mentor if you don't, right? No <laughs> pressure, right? So who this was, you better answer this question right. However, every once in a while, he'd look up and he'd say, who that? And I knew when he looked at me and said, who that? The real question was, I'm not 100% sure who this is <laughs> right now, so please check your phone because before I make a comment and make a mistake, I want to make sure I know who the hell <laughs> this right. is, right? Nice. 
So uh, yeah, it was it was re- it just I cannot tell you um, the value of having somebody in your life who is so close to the source musically mm. and is so unbelievably generous with their knowledge and their innate wisdom and their own personal history and to just like share that with you. I mean, you sit at this kitchen table and you listen to him talk about being what he believed was probably the first or certainly one of the first uh, African-American leaders of an integrated jazz band in the state of South Carolina and what that experience was like for him going on the road. Yeah. Um, And how he overcame that and how it was his job to pay that band and to collect that money. But depending on where they were, he might not be able to eat in a restaurant with them right? or sleep in the same hotel as them and had to sleep in the car or have somebody bring him food. I mean, you just start to view the the musical history and the the gravitas of the art form in an entirely different way and you start realizing that it is uh, about much more than just the notes that you're playing and that there are things that people are saying you know when they're making this music that are incredibly important that go unspoken but but the compositions the note choice the phrasing the tone, all of it is is coming from that place. It's mm-hmm. all informed by that. And in many cases, they have something to say about that. You know, it's it's nonverbal, but it is still one of the highest forms of communication that exists on this planet. So when you start listening in that way, with your ears open in that way, it, it just your head cracks open like a ripe melon. And all of a sudden you realize that there's just so much going on there. So I had always wanted to start a band again. And I knew that I had done blues and I was done with blues. Not that I never wanted to sing blues again, but I did not want to front a blues band again. Sure. And I always loved blues, but I really wanted to try something else. I wanted to challenge myself more. But I also know that I'm not a technical singer and I'm not a jazz singer. And that's really not what I do. Um, so I, I somehow kind of fell upon the idea of soul and the idea of like that kind of old school soul and there's a lot of that around right now in the airwaves. You know, sure. you got bands out there like St. Paul and the Broken Bones and Nathaniel Rateliff and, uh, you know, my idols in that. I mean, people love that. They're on mainstream radio right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my idols in that area, I mean, I am just a just a rabid Sharon Jones fan. For wow. me, that is like it. That is where it is at. It's like the perfect blend of like blues, gospel, and soul music into one human with like this amazing band behind it. Charles Bradley feel very much the same way about, uh, I'm a huge fan of his, sadly both of them have died fairly recently in the last couple of years. Um, But I mean, I can't get enough of that stuff, which I feel is more direct to the source than some of the other other stuff that's out there. But I love all that stuff and I think it's all fantastic. And I think there's something about that music that is, um, that unites people. I really do. It, I think people love horns. I think it's exciting and it's big and like what we have three horns in this band. Yeah. You know, we've got you know Mark Rapp playing trumpet. Who I mean, he goes without saying what a what a brilliant player he is. Um, and you know he he's he is a jazz man too, but he is funky when he wants to be. Yeah. Man, and I love that about him. Right. Yeah. Um, we've got Chris Bucell 
um, playing, uh, well, basically all the saxes. So he's mostly on tenor sax in this okay. band, but uh, he's playing Barry sax on oh, cool. a few songs. And, you know, there's just nothing more fun than to hear like the just the big giant honk of a Barry saxophone oh, yeah. in in a live gig. Like, you're rightly good. Oh my Love god! It. I mean, yeah. people just lose their minds, right? So, and actually, we did a tune, uh, the on on our most recent gig, uh, where at the at the front of the tune we dropped in that big old Barry sax thing from um, uh, "Let Me Clear My Throat." Oh yeah, that, that, you know what I'm talking about, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we like to have a good time, right? Like right. we thought that would be a really a really fun thing. Um, and I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, we did not do that song. But before it was over, we did have a number of people on sing- stage singing "It Takes Two. And, uh, <laughs> nice. yeah, and, 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 and Chris was, uh, was doing some straight, straight up, like, you know what? I can rap this. That's so, awesome. Anyway, it was pretty fun. It was yeah. pretty fun. Um, so, uh, we've got him on sax and then, and then, and this to me is just, uh, wonderful on all levels. Um, Catherine Algren is playing trombone in okay. this band. She plays trombone. She plays bass trombone. Um, and she is a spectacular singer. In her own right, and absolutely has what it takes. If she wanted to front her own band, she could 100% do it, no doubt in my mind. Um, but she also loves to play horn, and she likes to divide her time, and so she's she's been playing in this band with us, and I love making music with her. Oh, yeah? You know, I've never been in a band with another female. Ever. Really? No, 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 no. Never been in a band with another wow. female. Never. Huh. It's not that's not unusual, my friend. Not unusual at all. Well, I can't think of a band that I've been in with a female. So and if and if you are, it's almost always the singer. Singer, right? Right, right. So um so to have another female who's an instrumentalist and also can sing, to be able to do the and she has a much higher voice than I do. I have a very low, kind of gravelly, bluesy soul voice. She's got a, a much prettier, cleaner voice than I do. Um, so doing harmonies with her. And sharing songs together and having her come up and do a couple of songs a night as the front person and singing harmonies behind her. Oh, wow. So much fun. And so much fun for the audience because they're not like super bored of listening to me all night, right? They get to listen to to something else too. Um, It's really gratifying. Plus, she's just a stellar human being. Um, I mean, they all are just incredible people. Um, And they're all just great players. I mean, Crispy Cell is nuts. I mean, that guy... (laughs) That guy is ridiculous. Like, I just don't even, I can't even get my brain around some of the stuff that he plays. So, you know, they even said to me and to one another, like, I've been in a lot of good horn sections in my life, but this might be my favorite horn section I've ever been in. And and when you're talking about people of that caliber, that's a pretty amazing thing to hear. You know, pretty amazing thing to hear. And probably part of it is because we have so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So... I think people love that. Um, and then uh, on rhythm, I got Rodney Foster, you know, who's got to be one of the funkiest human beings on planet Earth, never mind Columbia and South Carolina, who is just such a great bass player and the perfect bass player for this gig. You know, he comes through the church, he comes through R&B, he comes through jazz, yeah. he comes through all of it. I've known him for a long time. He's real good friends with Sidney Mitchell. Um, they go back a long way and have played together a lot. And I've actually really watched Rodney over the years. He was close to pop, you know, he knew pops. 
I watched Rodney develop as a bass player over years too, and um, he's really come into his own and is just a force to be reckoned with. And I'm excited because um, something we're probably going to talk about later in this interview because we have this benefit coming up on on Sunday for uh, Clyde Frazier, who um, has is going to be playing drums with us on Sunday. Which I still I'm can't believe Super that. excited That's about crazy. Yeah, it'll be one of the, one of the first times he'll be back behind the kit um, since his accident. Um, Clyde is amazing. Um, while he has been recovering, uh, for our last gig, we had Ron Green on drums, who is the assistant director of bands at Benedict College. So if you need to know whether he is a serious player or not, (laughs) I feel like that in and of itself answers the question and just an incredible human being. Um, and then of course I got Ace Evans on guitar, who I have been in, you know, a couple of bands with over the years and done a number of gigs with, and he and I... He and I speak the same musical language. You know, we know each other like we know each other like we know each other. Um, And it's really helpful um, because when people start talking about flatted thirds and dotted eighths and whatever, like I go to the Bahamas in my mind, you know, and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I actually looked at Ron like a few weeks ago and I was like, it's like you're speaking Greek to me. And he just started cracking up on the kid, you know. Uh, but but Ace gets me like in that way he gets me. We've written a lot of material together over the years. We know that we can write songs together, so that um, was really helpful. And you know, I gotta say that guy probably the one of the most, if not the most, unselfish musicians I've ever worked with. In yeah. the sense that he is so all about serving the song, and he is so all about trying to serve whatever the whatever the objective is, and and but doing it creatively. You know, I mean it's just amazing um and he will find that that exact right thing to hold everything together and just like congeal it all you know and when you got a horn section like i got you know that is a hard gig for a guitar player sure you know number one everything's flat right, right. like he's like i've never played in a flat b flat f flat right. F, right and he's used to playing in like blues keys like c d g a right right just like so that's a that's a real like for both of us that's a major adjustment um but I just, I'm loving being in this band with him. I know he's having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun. And because we're both coming out of blues, I feel like a little less like, even though I remain the only person in the band who doesn't read music because he's far more musically educated than I am in a formal way, um, I still know he understands where I'm coming from. So he kind of is able to pick stuff out of my brain and and like understand where I'm going and help translate that to people who, you know, speak in chart. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, that's been easier than I expected. So as that's all come together, I just, I had a realization like this soul thing is what we, is what, it's not just what I needed and what Pops wanted me to do because he saw this and said, you should do this. And I'm gonna, he literally said to me at one point, when I finally pass, I'm going to come back and haunt you if you don't do this. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure he did because it took me so long. Right. Um, but it's about... This band for us, because, you know, Pops was big on on love, brotherhood, and music as a language that people can communicate with that really doesn't see color, religion, gender, sexual orientation, or any of those things. He just really believed music is music and people are people, and this is where we can all come together and, like, you know, be together without any of the crap um, that seems to fill all of the 
media and the social space and the and, and all the other stuff. And it's interesting when you have a band that is equal parts, incredibly fun, kind of a party vibe because you got a big horn section, but when we're also taking on material that is talking about love and peace sure. and what's important and overcoming division and, you know, uh, celebrating diversity and difference when you're, when you have, when you put a band together, which was very important to me that our band was diverse both in gender and racially and people of different ages and that we weren't all the same thing like that literally was crucial to me and part of the reason it wasn't the easiest band to put together um just because i really felt if you're gonna talk about that you need to be an example for that Mm -hmm. in your performance Mm -hmm. um you know if if i'm gonna gonna talk about uh you know, encouraging diversity, then I feel like I've really missed the mark if there's no diversity reflected in the makeup of my band. Um, So that's something that we all agreed on. And I think it's part of the reason why some of these amazing players said yes to this. Yeah. It's because they understood that this was more than just a fun soul band, but it was also a fun soul band. And we felt like that this doesn't exist in the city right now. Like yeah. there really isn't a band doing what we're doing, doing that kind of music in quite that way. And there isn't a band that sort of has a point of view that is as strong as that and as specific as, as that about inclusion, diversity, and, you know, what music means to that. And so that was kind of the whole passion project behind it. So for me, part of the reason I was scared to death before that first gig was because I was staring down the barrel of all of that and all of that was in my mind. Yeah. And it was like, what if I screw it up? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, how awful would that be? How many people do I let down? You know, if I, right. so it was just really important to me that we got that right. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it certainly wasn't perfect, but I feel like we landed on the target that we were aiming for. Mm. And I think it'll get better and better and better as we go along. And, and, you know, I hope people will get behind it because I hope people will realize that, you know, there's some music that crosses all social boundaries, all economic boundaries, all age boundaries, like whatever that is. And that there's some music that just allows us to just throw all that away and like get together and celebrate the beauty of humanity instead of the ugliness that I feel like we're seeing reflected in, you know, the social commentary that's out there every day right now. You, uh, you mentioned, obviously you mentioned Skip a lot. And one of the things before we get to talking about the benefit, I, I did want to ask you, it's, it is funny, um, when you're involved in music, you understand the, com- the communal aspect of it. Oh, it's a tribe. We, 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 yeah, we all, we, we may com- compete in some level, sure. but we're all a family. At least it, it seems like a lot of the good ones just sure. tend to be. Um, you've had mentors that have come through that community, mm-hmm. uh, Pops being one of them, but you've had other ones as well along and the way. Sure. Small. Sure. I mean... He's on the wall in this yeah. house too. Yeah, I saw, you know? saw what I walked in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and you have that. Um, where do you think now, with where you are, uh, you know, in with all the background that you have, the different types of bands that you have, I, this is not the first time I've been in this kitchen. There's usually like 40 other people in here. <laughs> when I'm here. Yeah. So, like, where do you see yourself now? Is like, do, do you see yourself taking on that responsibility a little bit that they had? That they, they, that they felt they needed to pass on to people. I mean, I, I can give you examples where I've seen you do it if you don't realize you're doing it or not. But do you do you feel a little bit of that or is that just something that comes with the territory? 
Um, well, I feel like that's a really loaded question. And, and I'll tell you why, because as a middle class, relatively lucky white person, it is not my place to co-op that legacy and that history. I can never, no matter, no matter how in tune with that message, no matter how passionate my beliefs about all of that are, I certainly will never have lived one day of my life truly being able to understand what the experience of being a person of color in America at any time oh, is. Sure. So, so it's important to me that I lead by saying I, have, I do not have the, the ability because I do not have the experience to be that kind of a leader. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I would never try to overstep and, 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 and take that on in an inappropriate way. Sure. That being said, I do feel like that one of the great um, problems that exists in society in the, in the U.S. right now, and, and, and quite frankly, probably forever, um, is that people who are not living that experience or who don't have that point of reference um, stand idly by and say nothing and do nothing. Mm. And that is what I'm not willing to do, sure. right? So I just want to add my voice uh, to that discussion only in the way that I can speak from my own experience. But I guess it's more important to me that I support the things I really believe in vocally and passionately and without fear Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that people are afraid to speak up when they think something's wrong because they're afraid of getting picked apart or the conversation that's going to happen on social media or right. whatever. Like, you know, there's a lot, there can be a lot of backlash from saying something that you genuinely think is relatively innocent at the time. There can be a lot of backlash from saying nothing. Um, sure. so, you know, but saying nothing is generally a safer course than saying something right. right for most people. So a lot of people just don't want to rock the boat and I can understand that. Um, and certainly no judgment. Um, but that being said, like I just, that's not, that's not my choice. Not that's not my yeah. choice. It's not who I am. Uh, if, I mean, there are some issues in this world that I feel passionately enough about that I would risk basically everything. And this is one of them, yeah. you know, gotcha. I mean, and, and I don't think I'm taking a risk, by the way. And, and we're not making some, like, very outspoken political commentary, oh, sure. by the yeah. way, in yeah. this band, yeah. to be clear. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, you know, I think we're just trying to celebrate the positive. And so I just, I just want to carry that down the road, you know, and, and, and carry a message of hope. I felt like Pops always led with hope. You know, he always led with hope. He always led with the positive, even when the topic was negative, you know, and I mean, he, when, when, when people were, you know, when, the, when there was a conversation in my kitchen that was, you know, about deep frustration with the current state of, of racial relations, and it was right after Emmanuel AME, and there was a lot of, a lot going on right then, um, you know, he, he said some really profound things that will forever 
color my thoughts about what's really happening in the country right now and why, you know, and he, he said, you know, if you, baby, if, if you go make an omelet, you're gonna have to break some eggs. And, you know, he was like, it's not that it's worse than it's ever been. Sure. It's, it's better. It's getting better. But it's, we're not there yet. Yeah. And we're in another period of growth. We're in another period of change. And the reason things got so bad during the civil rights movement is because there were a lot of people who wanted things to stay the way that they were. And they, it became evident to them that that was not going to happen. And when people are panicked, they behave really badly. Yeah. When people feel like, you know, that their way of life is being threatened, they behave really badly. Not all people, but some people. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, there is the reason that, that there's some really messed up stuff going on right now is because it's a period of change again. And, and I don't know how long this one's going to take. But some people are behaving really badly because America is changing and people are realizing that they can't do anything about it. And the folks who are threatened by that are behaving really badly, mm -hmm. you know. But he also pointed out all the good things, you know, and, you know, said, look, I never in a million years would have believed that in my lifetime I would ever see black man as the president of the United States, not once, but twice, Yeah, you know? And so, you know, I looked at that and I thought, God, you know, it, he's right. Like things you, bright light is the best disinfectant, yeah. right? So it's, it can be very demoralizing and frustrating to see some of the extremist, um, you know, highly racially charged views that are out there right now that sure. are coming into the public discourse but bright light is the disinfectant those things have been there yeah they were just undercover yeah, yeah. they were just Somebody undercover. turned the lights on in the room and, and so and the lights have been turned on in the room because of a whole series of events and there's no yeah. way to, to to get that out there's no way you know to disinfect that to exercise those demons out of the public consciousness and out of the way we as americans live in, until it's out there and until we see it. So it, it's it's going to get uglier before it gets better. But, you know, his point was it can't get better unless it does get kind of uglier sure. in the interim. And so it was just, a, I mean, it's just talk about some deep stuff, man. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I know we're talking about some really heavy stuff. and But the, the, the beauty of this is you can know all of this. All of this heavy stuff is behind it. But just go out there and make fun, beautiful music that makes people happy and makes them want to celebrate what they have in common and makes them want to celebrate being alive and being human and being able to go out on a Friday night and have a beer and listen to a great band and hang out with friends and meet new friends. That, honestly, is like the best thing that we can do to remind ourselves about what the real marrow of being, you know, a person sure. is. And I think music is probably the single most powerful way that you can tap into a sense of community in people. I mean, people can be complete strangers, complete yeah. strangers. You put on a song everybody knows, and you'll have a bunch of people never met before, never see each other again with their arms linked, singing back to the jukebox in the bar or the band that's playing the song that they really love. And I mean that—that's the very—that's like the very kernel of of what it's all about, man. Right. You know, when you can get to that, 
and just cast off all that other crap that's really just crap, um, you, you know, you're reminded of the joy of humanity and that, that we're all the same. Yeah. You know, we're all the same. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just color. It's just gender. It's just whatever, but it's details. Just like the way that, you know, I have longer hair than you or we have different color eyes. I mean, it's just, it's equally as unimportant. Right. You know, and... And so it's fun to celebrate all of that. And it's just fun to make great, great music with great, great musicians who's, you know, every time somebody blows a solo, it's just like, what the hell just happened? That was amazing. (laughs) You know, like where I get so distracted by how good the players are that I'm like, what am I supposed to be singing next? Right. Right? Like, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's it's incredible. It's, it's, um, it's cathartic too. Cool deal. Good deal. All right. So on the notion of supporting and speaking for people around, uh, talk a little bit about this benefit that's coming up this Sunday. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I am super excited about this. Um, so Clyde Frazier, uh, who is a wildly talented drummer who has been in every type of band you could think of. He's a, he's a, he's a great jazz cat. He's a great R&B player. He's a great gospel player. He's, he's an educator. He's a musician. He's actually, um, taught school teacher, not just like, you know, music clinics, but like he's a proper school teacher. Mm-hmm. He is just, I mean, he's just an incredible guy. He's, he's worked with kids with music in the ministry, in school and everything. And he is such a great player. Um, and I've seen him with every kind of band you can think of, like every kind of band you can yeah. think of. Yeah. I mean, he's done soul, gospel, R&B, jazz. He's done straight up rock. He's done, I mean, and he's played with so many guys in town. I mean, I know, you know, he's played with, in Reggie Sullivan's band. He's played in uh, uh, John Wesley Satterfield's band. He's played in just myriad bands, tons of R&B bands. I mean, and bands like that, you would just not even expect. Um, so unfortunately... He was in a really serious car accident um, back in December, and um, we were we're very lucky he's still with us. Um, mm-hmm. It was a really serious accident, and he was in the hospital for a long time. Uh, he was in a medically induced coma for a while while they dealt with all Jeez. of it. There was a medevac involved. There was a perforation in his aorta involved. I mean, he's just Cut. really, really lucky, um, mm-hmm. and. And he's a man of great faith, and I know that he feels very strongly that you know that was that 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 uh, you know he has a higher purpose, and that you know he made it through this for a reason, and you know God bless him because he has been you know working hard, uh, getting back up to speed, and you know doing rehab, and you know I know he's been doing a lot of praying and all the things uh, that you know he felt he needed to do to get himself. There and I am. He he uh, he had just rehearsed with us the night before his accident. Oh no, no way! Yeah, the night wow. before his accident, um, we'd been in a rehearsal for him. So when 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 we when I got that phone call, I was just jaw on the floor. You know, I just didn't know what to make of it. Um, he's real close friends with with Rodney Foster, the super duper funky bass player yeah. I was just talking about. Um, so. Uh, we are Cola Jazz, who is, you know, Mark Rapp's baby, um, that is just one of the greatest music organizations that a state could ever hope to have. Um, and certainly the city of Columbia is really lucky um, to have. He does a ton of outreach and he does a lot of stuff that's for the community and also for the music community, the community at large. But, you know, he's kind of a dual purpose with Cola Jazz. He wants to serve the larger community and, you know, open their eyes to the arts and use arts as, as education and opportunity 
but he also wants to create opportunity for other musicians in town and um, you know serve other musicians in town, which he does beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really probably the single greatest reason I think why the why the South Carolina legislature you know chose to honor him with that ambassador of jazz moniker. Um, so. He, Cola Jazz, has sponsored this benefit on Sunday. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yep. For Clyde. Um, and, of course, uh, Mark, Rodney, and myself have kind of all worked together to make it all come together, um, mostly Mark and Rodney, and I've just kind of been in there, you know, helping a little bit. Um, but it is going to be at the HG Hangar um, on Sunday okay. from 3 until 10. And there are so many bands playing, like doing 30-minute sets, because I, I cannot tell you, this is a testament to who Clyde is. Yeah. When the word went out that we were doing this, like everybody's, like the people who were organizing it, our phones just started blowing up. Oh, wow. And we had more offers from people that wanted to play than we could even begin to fit in. When you have that many musicians calling you wanting to play for free, I mean, you you do this. You know how rare that is, yeah. right? Yeah. It says everything about who Clyde is. And it says everything about what our jazz community is and what our music community is and what a brotherhood it is here in this town and how lucky we are to have that kind of support from within our own ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, so starts at three. Um, like I said, it's at HG Hanger. Uh, amazing lineup. We got Brendan Bull. We got Carl Sinclair. We got Jamie Wright. We got Jonathan Lovett. We got the Reggie Sullivan Band. Um, we've got Cottontown Soul Society, my band. Uh, we've got Push Band, we've got Villanova, we've got Level 10, we've got Soda City Brass. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And for anybody I didn't just name, I apologize, because okay. literally the list is too long. And then there's going to be a jam session at the end, oh, cool. um, which is going to be run by the regular, the folks that normally run Clyde's regular Tuesday night gig. Um, that band is called Partly Cloudy. Um, so, and I'm not sure if Clyde is going to be, I'm sure he will play some with that. I'm not sure yeah. how much of it exactly he's going to play. I haven't talked about it. But we're super excited because Clyde is going to do our set with us. That's thing. That, that's yeah. phenomenal yeah. that he's going to be able to come I back and do am that. like shock and awe. Like yeah. I can't believe it. I couldn't be happier about it. Um I'm just excited that we're able to do this. Um so the deal is there is not a cover but we ask that you bring a donation. Basically it's really simple. If you get into an accident this serious and you spend this much time in the hospital and you don't only have ambulance rides, but you have to be medevaced by helicopter, et cetera, et cetera, no matter what your situation is, you are left with medical bills that are so overwhelming and daunting. You don't know what to do with yourself. Put on top of that, the fact that you've got a guy, you know, who makes a good part of his living playing music and he is then for a number of months not able to go out and play music. Right. And, you know, the combination of that is devastating. I don't care who you are. Um, so we just kind of decided we need to raise this guy some money because we love him. Everybody loves him. Everybody was like, how can I help? What can I do? How can I help? What can I do? And I was like, what he really needs is to get these damn bills paid. Right. So we, you know, Mark and Rodney and I put our heads together and figured out how we could kind of do this. So there's not a cover, but we ask you to please just bring a donation, bring what you can afford. If that's $5 for you, that's great. If that's $500 for you, that's great. We'll take it. Um, and, a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to Clyde. Not one band. There's like 10 bands that day. Not one of them is going to take a dime for playing. So that is amazing. Also, because they are awesome, um, hunter gatherer. Um, and again, this is at the hangar location, not the main, not the downtown location. Um, 
they are donating 10 per, 10% of all the proceeds that from what's sold at the bar yeah. to Clyde. That's awesome. Which is totally awesome because yeah. the venue is pitching in. And Pecknell Music has come forward and donated a guitar. And we are going to take that guitar and we're going to get a Sharpie out. And we're going to get like a ton of the artists that are playing that day to sign that guitar. And we're going to oh, sell raffle awesome. tickets. And you can buy a raffle ticket for 10 bucks. And you get a chance to win that guitar with all of the audiences or all of the artists' uh, signatures. That on it. is awesome. And then a hundred percent of the proceeds from the from the guitar raffle will also go to Clyde. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, it's fantastic. You know, not only not only that you finally have this band up and running, that you're finally doing the things that you feel like you've been wanting to do, yeah. but to, but to use it to be able to support somebody like this. It's, it's tragic it's your own bandmate that this, this happened to but it's such a, such but he's a neat doing idea. so well and he's about to get back behind the drums so yeah. I, I mean you know sometimes it takes something like this to remind us all of how lucky yeah. we are yeah. it pulls the music community together so um, you know I would never wish this on anybody and certainly not an amazing guy like Clyde but that being said if there's anybody out there who is got the strength of character and fortitude to see this through and, you know, take lemons and make lemonade. It's this guy. Yeah. So, um, I feel, I feel really lucky to be able to be a part of that and be involved with it. And I know a lot of people are going to be out. A ton of musicians, even that aren't playing are going to be out. So, you know, I hope everybody from the community will come out. I mean, it's, it's a great way to show your support for somebody who has given and given and given of themselves through bands for years and years to, you know, make everybody's night better and to make them happy and bring joy into people's lives. And it's nice to be able to bring some help back to somebody like that. Well, hopefully I will be able to be there if that uh, Don Merkel doesn't keep the whip on us and make uh, us continue to keep practicing all afternoon. But we're, we're, we'll figure that out. Well, that's kind of ironic because you're going to be in my back. You're going to be, be in my backyard shed all weekend <laughs> coming up, which I'm excited about. That's going to be pretty fun. Okay, I'm, I'm so, so do you guys know it's my job to make you family dinner on Saturday night? You said something about that and yeah. that made me even more excited. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I'm, I'm stoked so about that. The, the audience probably that any of your regular listeners have probably figured out at this point that that Donald and I are pretty good friends because you yeah. talk about all of us quite a bit. Yeah. You know when I when I hear your podcast. So yeah, I'm I'm excited that you guys are going to do that. That'll be fun. And Donald and I have actually been talking about doing some really um, doing trying to do some dual shows with um, oh awesome with. The blacksmiths and with um, with Cottontown Soul Society. So we're actually investigating possible venues for like a double bill. To oh do wow! Something fun. Oh, so that'd be awesome. So Chad, <laughs> because of that, because of that, that guy we know, uh, you know, he um, comes through in a pinch every now. Every and then, now, so. every now and again, he's well, one of my humans. What you gonna do? Where can people go to find out more about Cottontown Soul Society? If they want, is there a, is there a place where they can go hear some of the music? Uh, yeah, so of course you can come out to this benefit. Um, uh, there's a ton of stuff on the interwebs uh, from our last show right now. We haven't done any recording yet. Okay. Um, we're writing a lot of writing some original stuff right now that I'm really excited about um, that, that I hope we'll be recording. Um, but uh, right now, so we are such a nascent band <laughs> that um, we only just want, like we have a relatively new Facebook page. Mm. Um, so you can go out on Facebook and just kind of type in Cottontown Soul Society and you'll get to our page. Okay. And please go out there, like us, and you know, keep you abreast of where we're going to be and how you can see us. There's a lot of video, you know, people have put videos on the page and stuff oh, okay, from, cool. from uh, like the recent gig and stuff. Um, and then uh, we just launched an Instagram channel last week. Cool. So, woohoo, we're on Insta, y'all. <laughs> um, and uh, we are just taking live a proper website. 
Um, and that will have uh, photos, videos, et cetera. That's going to be cottontownsoulsociety.com. Right. And you'll be able to, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll be able to link to that as soon as it's, okay. uh, as soon as it's 100% up and running. Um, and that'll be a place where uh, we'll have uh, video and, and all kinds of cool stuff and where you'll be able to find out where to go find us and all that. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, that's awesome. Well, I am looking forward to... Hearing you guys, uh, I'm really excited about this this incredible benefit this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great. Not, not just for what it is, but the bands that are playing. That, oh that's my God. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. And so, and I'm really looking forward to coming and eating all your food and drinking all your beer at your house while you're busy this weekend. And I, I appreciate that. Well, so. you know, you and I joked before you turned on the tape recorder, then even if it was Armageddon, my there would always be whiskey on my bar. That's right. So <laughs> that's right. You know, if you want to know how I roll, that's uh, right. That's that's pretty much how it works. And in fact, uh, for our viewing, for our listening audience that can't see, um, Chad and I totally are having a drink while while we are doing of this course. interview because you can't you can't have an intimate conversation with a friend unless you without you know, something sit, sit down and crack open a beer. You know, it's, it is funny that Don's been trying to get the blacksmiths together to practice. For about two years now, no one ever can agree on a on a on a place. Suddenly, it's like, hey, we're going to go to Shelly's house. Everybody suddenly is in. I think that whiskey bottle has something I, to do. I with am it, not going to lie to you. I actually joked with him about that. Did you? <laughs> I love it. Because you know when he texted me, he was like, "Well, I sent out the thing to everybody. You know, let's see, let's see the you know six hundred. I can't do this is that come right. back right." And I was like, "Oh no no no, dude, this is at my house." And there, it's it's like they know there will be a full beer fridge, whiskey on the bar, and that Shelly's cooking. That's right. This is gonna happen, <laughs> my friend. Like I feel good about. I'm like you're not a draw, but this this is a draw. Not like, only they, one day we're coming for two days. For two days. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Shelly, I am excited uh, that the band is up and running. I'm excited that you're doing this. Thanks so much for being on the show. Looking forward to seeing you guys this Sunday. And uh, I'm sure we'll be releasing some other dates soon. But thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate you having me. And by the way, I really enjoy your podcast. And as you figured out by now, I actually do. Fight like you would be a champion. I could hang my hat, darling, out in the hallway. If I could fight like you, I could do anything. And I could walk away like a machine. So big thanks to uh, Shelly McGee again for for coming on. She's a she's an awesome person. One of my favorite people to sit and chat with. Uh, it was fun to be able to sit in her, uh, in her kitchen where so many, so many great, uh, musicians have, have gathered in that place. And obviously she is, she is definitely one of them. And, and, um, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a neat, neat place to be. I mean, I know the guys, uh, that have come through there that have hung out in that kitchen and, uh, the inspiration that's happened right there, very fitting place for us to do, uh, the interview. Uh, I know it sounded a little echoey and everything like that, but I kind of I kind of dug that. I kind of liked it. Uh, so if you're a longtime listener of the show, you, you know that uh, years ago I talked about meeting Shelly. 
and about wanting her to be on. And I made a comment about um, I don't uh, I don't think Shelly's got the time to be my friend. <laughs> and then I made a comment some other time that uh, I could say whatever because Shelly doesn't listen to the show. So she obviously does. <laughs> and uh, it, it was great. It was great to have her on. You know, it's um, music. Music is a wonderful art. And I, I love what she said about how it brings people together. You could you could hear it in her message that that there's there's something about music being a language that we can all speak. You know, uh even in in, in my house, um Sterling our our youngest daughter has a voice that is phenomenal. She's she's not going to be a singer. She's already on her way. I mean, she's she really does. Bryn loves music, picks up instruments like they're nothing. Um, I've played in bands and done stuff with music. Maria plays, sings nothing, nothing, but absolutely enjoys music sometimes more than all of us put together. You know, you don't, you don't have to be a musician to, to enjoy music. It's another way to enjoy it. Um, it can be frustrating if you're a musician, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's such a wonderful thing to sit and breathe. You, you just let it enter into you i mean music just something we breathe in and out we feel it it's just it's a it's an amazing thing you don't have to know the words hell you don't even there don't even have to be words you can just love it it's cool sitting and talking to shelly about this today because even though we were talking about specific bands um specific musicians people in her life that have guided her through music and others um What's what's interesting is that it's even though we're talking about the subject matter in that way, it's it's don't don't miss the point that everyone that we talked about today were all somehow connected only because of music. I mean, the only reason I've I even know who Shelly McGee is is because of music. The only reason I even know who Don Merkel is is because of music. It, it it is really neat that we are all bound by something, and it's a love for this art form and the people that play it. It's also very powerful in the message that it can give. I love that Shelley talked about music being a positive thing. It can be a negative thing, but more often than not, it's not. It's a very positive thing. It is a it is a great expression of of being positive. I also dug what she said about wanting to have a message. And I don't, I don't think she necessarily said it this way. Um, she talked about, you know, what they had up on stage. And I like that. It's something they believed in. And they looked around and, you know what, they, they got it. I mean, I know that I know that Shelly wanted there to be diversity in that band. They all wanted that. But really what she did is she went out and got the best musicians. You know what happens when you just go get the best people? You're probably going to end up diverse. I'm sure there's a point where they kind of looked around and was like, hey, we got a pretty diverse group up here because that's just what it is. When you care more about the music and the heart behind what's making it, that that stuff just happens naturally, I think. But I, I love the fact that that's something that they cherish and they present on stage. I, I want to say something, though, to what Shelly was saying at the end. When I asked her about Pops uh, the and, and, and Drink, and the, the, the gentleman that really um, guided her in her music, and, and we talked about... Um, the message and being being that person 
um, for for other musicians that are there. I understood what Shelley was saying, and I think it's a very appropriate way to to answer that question. You know what, though, what she was talking about, it something struck me, and it struck me because I really wonder, like, I wonder what Pops would say to this. I don't really know. I, I didn't really know him, but but in knowing the kind of person he is, and and seeing what Shelley's done, you know what I think is great. I think Shelley's actually doing it. She just doesn't realize how she is from the perspective where she is. She is not only talking about it, she is showing it through her music, through the people that she gathers together, through the, the spirit that she has on stage and towards her music. But it's not only that it is, it is the, it is the time that she gives other musicians. It is the, uh, the open door that's there for her friends. It is the, the statement she makes in her community. It is, it is the life she lives and how she tries to positively affect things that are within her reach. That's, that's what those men wanted. That's what they were to her. That's who she is to so many of us. It's really neat to have friends like that. I've, um, Shelly is one of the people that uh, over the past few months I've just gotten to know even better than I have. And we've, we've always had uh, a relationship, but it's generally been through other people. I think we've started to kind of develop our own now. I, I do think the world of her. And, and one of the things that I think is, is um, captivating uh, about who she is is that she's very genuine and she's very giving. Uh, I, I've seen her um, enjoy her time with folks wherever she can. And uh, it's always about bringing other people in. And anytime that I'm with a group of folks and she's there, we're, we're having some fun. Somebody's laughing their tail off. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Maybe music's not your thing. Well, come on, let's listen a minute. Music's everybody's thing, right? But maybe it's not your expression that you you have. But I, I hope that if you took anything from Shelley's talk, other than the really cool stuff and a neat band you need to check out and a awesome event you need to go to this Sunday, February the 10th, at the Hunter Gather Hangar down by Owens Field here in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. Um, also, yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, if uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I, I did not run this by Shelly. If, if you want to give a donation to this, email me at chat at localbarmedia.com. I'll find a way to connect you with someone, uh, even if it's just Shelly straight up. Um, if you want to make a donation and, and you're and you're you're not in the area, we we would really appreciate that. But maybe maybe music's not your expression. What what's great though, if you took anything from this 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 conversation today why not jump into something i mean it's so easy to get caught up in all the negativity that surrounds us you know where it exists it exists on your news channels and your social media <laughs> go to a concert hell take a friend with you you know too often I think we look at stuff that is around us that we've taken for granted and we are constantly missing the other things we can get out of it. The friendships that can happen, the, the, um, the, the, the guidance from, from other people that can be there, the laughter, the escape, the expression, man, we miss it so often. What an amazing, amazing reminder from such a force that Shelly is in music to, 
to remember that it's it's always there. The chance to be positive, the chance to be happy, the chance to 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 move forward in in another way to where you're not stuck all the time. In, in this moment and in this season of my, of my life, where I am, I am, uh, I I am tired today. I am worn today. I am exhausted today. But I am, I I am all those things with a smile on my face today because I I know that I am moving in the right direction and I am finding the positivity around me. That that's what music can do for you. That's just one. That's just one thing that music can do for you. We have to find ways to keep making ourselves happy. And it was it was funny. We my daughter wanted to watch a movie this past weekend. And so we watched Evan Almighty. Now, Evan Almighty is a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's nowhere near as good as the Jim Carrey Bruce Almighty. What what a wonderful what a wonderful um movie. But there's a moment in Evan Almighty that I really like. That I think whether you're a religious person or not, it's a it's a great secular way uh and reminder of of what's out there for us. There's a moment where uh God has disguised himself as a as a waiter and uh Evan's wife is in a restaurant and she talks about wishing that she could understand and wishes she could be supportive. And, and he, he makes this statement, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, you know, when when someone prays to God and says, I, I want to be more patient, does he just give them this, this overwhelming feeling of peace and they're patient with everything? Or does he give them the opportunity to prove to themselves they can be patient? Um, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a wonderful thing that when – you you are sitting there and you're getting negative from what you see on TV, what you hear on social media, the nastiness, the 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 decrepitness, all the stuff that's out there. Um, you you've got an option and you have an opportunity to a turn away from it and become positive again, and b do something about it. You know, Shelly uses her music to do something. It may be just put a smile on people's faces, get their hips shaking a little bit. Or it could be to show a message. Hey, look at all of us up here and look what we're doing. This this is what being a human is about. Man, I love it. I love it when I get to talk to other musicians. I still do not understand. When she used the phrase herding cats, you've got seven professional musicians. She called she called it herding cats. It is not herding cats. It is herding cats that are chasing squirrels. I, I don't know how she gets them all there. It is. It has surprised me. Don had a band, had seven people in it. We've lost two of them. We don't know where we left them. Some gig somewhere. It is. Uh, it, it is a wonderful reminder, and I really appreciate Shelly being on again. Um, and, and I and I want to thank all of you who uh, who listen to this show and, and realize that it's not just about listening and feeling good. We got to turn around and do something with with whatever's in our reach, whether it's music, whether it's some other kind of art. Whether it's time you spend volunteering at a school, maybe something for your church, maybe it's even just walking around the neighborhood and getting to know your neighbors a little bit better, maybe checking out that old lady that lives down the street, her grass is a little high, and maybe we need to do something to help her out. But there's always something that we can do, and Shelly's right, it is nasty out there, and the more you look, the more you're going to see. 
So be something positive that someone else is going to stumble upon. Might be Cottontown Soul Society. Maybe. Maybe it's just you. But no matter what, it's a difference we all can make. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab. But if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't forget, 3 to 10 this February 10th, the Curtis Wright Hangar. Check it out. Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. 